Spoken label. Okay, guys, yes. Spoken label. And the end. And Amanda Nicholson. Yeah. Not with spoken label, of course. This is part two of our irregular or regular who knows what at the moment. New series of In the Spoken Label Umbrella. Top of the label, where we have introduced lots of writers that have all been on spoken label, various points, and some forthcoming ones as well. Now, the first piece we're going to do on part two, this is with a young lady that I met fairly recently, actually, as well. Amanda's not met her yet. Well, she will be, because I'm, work, I'm right working in a band with this young lady at the moment. So it is, and I'll tell you now, just to give you all, keep you on suspense. This young lady is Polly Ann Rose. She's currently living in the Huddersfield area. So we'll play you her piece, Confluence at Laval. Mark Maker. Confluence at Laval. Watch convection reconfigure. Heat shuddered fixities, silver as nitrates plate up in taglio hair fine. Mark maker, street, packing footfall, forestalled. Proprietors stalk my wallet. I want this indelible print. Her hands cut the surface, bleed ink to cast it. Next serve, cannibal mix. Off licenses, Rococo and tar habits. Eating these hours in my lap, I look. Smaller, holding plastic. Sacrum tipped, up for your taste, frilled tray. Coated backache from contortions, making baklava a fit for my sticky mouth, unable to enact an ending, trapped in the amber morning. Street oval of orange. You laugh at Rotunda. Silence pledged Laval, a confluence of waking, fresh movements, flashes from eyes. I dream of inner illumination, lamp luminous irises, a word that hasn't left the page. Irish slept up from the lane roofs, bridged my asthma, hopscotching driver, lapping over each edge below, dangling Thames in the meanwhile of half-light. Air hoists, land gulls and men rig cables, grey London moving, performative desecration, orchestral inconformity, Noah's vestige of hoped-for embankments. Functionally fit, hold sun, seeds, new clouds. At what cost benefits this sky? Shot for the many into blue knowing. Mow a new partition, pull the blinds down the 1pm rotation. Okay, Amanda, what did you think to this piece? Yeah, I like this one. It's a bit too clever for me to understand, but it sounds good. (laughs) Oh, she's fantastic, <laughs> clever, very, very clever young lady, this one completely. So it was, um, she, what I find interesting with Polly is, um, apart from the fact is, a, isn't her reading voice really, really good? It's got a real, real yeah. rich reading voice on it. Yeah, she's an interesting young lady because um, I met her through Word Central, actually, a bit back, where they had one of the Zoom chats on, you know, they used to the Zoom meetings, and I played it back afterwards on Facebook catch-up and she was on it and I sat there thinking this girl quite this young lady's really really good and she sent me a friend request just after somebody I think I told her about speakeasy and I got talking to her and she sent over a piece to me and I was sat there thinking 
good grief, this is incredible. And then she sent over another one or two to me. And before we know it, we've got a band going out at the moment, me and Polly, where we're doing some rather extreme noise, is the basically way of putting it. Sometimes there are spoken words on top. So, but it, you'll hear it because the first single's due out fairly soon. But it's quite different to what I'm doing with Amanda when she guests on the ghost and the vocal stuff. So, but it was really good. But you're right, Amanda. It's this is quite a te- quite a very very technical piece, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not. I don't, I don't want to go into a lot on it really because I want you to just play it by yourself. Really, because I think it's well worth you hearing this one. And again, like I said, like I said before, we're quickly. I'm surprised Polly's not bought a book out yet because I think she's good enough for it. So, by the way, that's in the future. Right. Okay. And moving on from. Very, very talented young lady. You've got me coming up now. And I'm going to do this one live now. We'll go because, because of course, I've not got asked around recording this one, have I, Amanda? So, okay. Should we tell people what piece I'm doing? Yeah, Andy's going to do Mannequin and Chips. Yeah, now this is one of your favourite pieces of mine, Amanda. This is an Asinger call. Oh, yeah, because I love mannequins and I love chips. I know. <laughs> I know now. I'll let you tell people where this piece came from, Amanda, don't you? I think it came from your prompt in the workshop. It wasn't my prompt. Yeah, so um, we we are doing an event on and off at the moment, me and Amanda with other people, and on a Zoom workshop. And this came off that one of them because we both ended up, the five, six people in the group all ended up writing pieces about mannequins, didn't we? And yours, you did one about a mannequin. What was Revenge the of the mannequin, yeah. Yeah, yours is like a mannequin killer basically yeah it got everyone, published <laughs> yeah well the rest of them base all about vaguely horrorish and how would you describe this one amanda weird weird surreal fantasy? surreal fantasy yeah i think <laughs> yeah. so as well so anyway i'll just read it out mannequin and chips yeah you would have thought you were drunk too well i'd had a few beers of mikey and danny over at the crown and anchor but i wasn't drunk well not like the previous saturday when the three of us got that drunk, I passed out at the bus stop, missed the last bus home. I didn't wake up at seven o'clock the next morning when a policeman tapped me on the shoulder saying, shouldn't you be sleeping us off at home? That was a heck of a night, I have got to say, which made that following Saturday a massive anticlimax when Danny arrived and told us he couldn't stop out all night as he was taking his sister kid to go and watch Old Athletic early the next morning. Sportsport Mikey also decided to call it quits early, so I decided to go and get a load of chips and have them while waiting for the bus. And guess what? I was half through eating them when I heard a tap on the local Primark van behind me. Some poor bastard working late tonight, I thought to myself, turning around to smile at him, only to see one of the bloody mannequins had come to life. Yeah, I couldn't believe it too. For a good few seconds, I thought I was dreaming, and Dutchie knocked on the window, almost like she was trying to wake me up. I'm sorry, she began politely. You're a mannequin. I stumbled at my words. I don't normally eat chips, she carried on, but the cleaner's not left a spare sandwiches behind for me tonight, so I'm starving. I looked at my watch. I've got 15 minutes spare, I answered, stunned. Do you want me to go and get your bag? Please, she smiled. How about Korean chips? She smiled even more. Five minutes later, she took them off me at the staff entrance with a huge smile. It made them newspapers on Monday when the security couldn't make out who wrote on the main tilling curry sauce. Thanks, Andy. 
Oh, I do. I do like that piece. Yeah, <laughs> completely mad. Yeah. Do you reckon? I'm going to ask you a question, man. Do you reckon putting out a bit about the curry sauce at the end of it is completely off the wall, as if? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's okay. It stops. It just stops it doing like some horror or something. Anyway, so. Right, anyway, so, okay, we better get on to a slightly more serious topic now on the next one. This is um, a friend of ours, Amanda, isn't it? Now, I've got to ask you about, we've got uh, the wonderful Sarah James and next, also known Sarah Livesey. Who met her first? Who spoke to her first? I was to. It was you, I think. Yeah, I've got to think, I had a feeling you knew her from, you knew her from something anyway. No, you seemed to think she was in the Instagram group I was in, but I don't think she was. Yeah, either way, I know, even oh no, I think she might have known you from your work, Amanda. Anyway, I know you yeah. forget things over time, but she sent over a couple of books to us a few years ago. They're brilliant. So, and this piece she's going to do now for us is from her current collection, which is Blood, Sugar, Sex, and Magic, which is a book about suffering from diabetes type one. And it's one of my favourites in the book. This one as well. Things I might tell my younger self. One. Don't stare at me, girl, like old age is the only thing you see here. One day you too will count your life in wrinkled wisdoms, less shiny than proof rocks, coffee spoons, though their texture curls from inverted curves like cream, softly stirred through. 2. Your flutter years on chasing after who you really are, only to find... Your whole life's a string of distractions, trying to escape from who you are. 3. Do not trust the mirror. It traverses more than left and right, though it holds more light than your eye will ever know. 4. The apples of your eye, your babies will consume you. Your kissing lips contort to the shape of your parents' voices. Reflected in your son's irises, your face will crease. You'll find yourself walking in the shadows of your own faults, caught in guilt-framed likeness. Yet you will love in them what you cannot love in you. 5. Already the you who reads or writes this is different to the you who started this poem. Meet yourself again for the first time. Okay, Amanda. What did you think to this piece? Then? Yeah, I like this. I, it makes me think about, like, as you get older, and, like, compared to when you're younger, you think you know everything, but then when you're older, you look back and you see that you didn't really know as much as you thought you did. Yeah, it's um, interesting one, really. Like, what Sarah's talk at this piece, I thought, was, she obviously, like, People also know because I'm diabetic as well. And that's why this book really hit hard to me. Was like you do, you look back at things and you're diabetic, like you're wondering, how about this, how about that? And it asks a lot of questions really that the pieces. And I really enjoyed that piece, I must admit. So well, thank you for that, Sarah. Tremendous stuff. Now we're moving on now, Amanda. We're back over the seas next, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, this is a lady Amanda doesn't know actually. And I'm I spoke met her originally through Isabel Kenyon actually because she bought Isabel Kenyon bought up some to work of hers and referred me over to her. And this is um, a lady, lady called Elizabeth Horan, and she's a um, runs a press called Animal Hearts Press over in America. So what we're going to do? It's easier with this one because Elizabeth's really just told people where this is going to be in 
and an anthology it's in as well. So we'll just go straight into that. Hi, everybody. This is Elizabeth Horan, Editor-in-Chief of Animal Heart Press. I'm going to read my poem called 20th Anniversary, which I wrote about, I wrote a year ago after my own 20th anniversary of marriage. Um, this is coming out in the Pandemic Love Anthology at Iceflow Press and also in my upcoming chap at Sarasas Poetry called One Flew Over. Here we go. 20th Anniversary. Space between I and you grows louder. My refrain of, are you okay? Your chorus rings, I'm fine. Yet nothing is fine, so messy like spilled Wesson. A pipe cleaner clog, dish bay of pig toys so filmed, so filthy. Gray water, gray clouds, gray hair coming round. Tell me when we could talk, when it would be best to bring up the idea of us playing house again. How it is you could leave for work and not bend me over and kiss me gallantly. Our baby dolls cry inside our house. They miss you and your funny smile so much. Our little raised home with its square cardboard sections, just baking soda boxes in reality. Beds like the sprung metal of mousetraps, toothpicks in a matchbox for the logs and the mantle, once the envy of the neighborhood. We were so grand in our <laughs> Sorry, we were so grand in our flair for contemporary style as young lions with our cubs streaming kitchen gadgetry past their ramshackle shoeboxes like there was no tomorrow. We were only salt shakers living in the suburbs at heart, couldn't keep up the tango and our carpet of shag has suffered apart strand by strand and the stairs too have come unglued popsicle stick by popsicle stick. Thank you so much. Right, Amanda, I really enjoyed this piece. Obviously, I, tell you, it, it, I found it interesting when she was writing about her own 20th wedding anniversary. Obviously, that people will know, don't they? We've, we're rapidly approaching our first wedding anniversary, aren't we? So, yeah, that's we've got just 19 years to cut short. 19, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but no, I found this a really, it was quite a thoughtful piece about wedding anniversaries. What did you think today? It was a bit unusual, wasn't it, the way she approached yeah, it? Yeah, I liked some of the use of metaphor in it as well. Like, there's a line that says, we were only salt shakers living in the suburbs. Yeah, that's, that's my favourite line of Troubadour yeah. as well. So, very, very, very clever writing. I was delighted I managed to persuade Elizabeth to come back on here because uh, what happened with Elizabeth here was, and she, I had done a session with her a couple months ago, just before I started this one off, and... I said before, Elizabeth runs a press called Animal Hearts Press. We're going to come on to that in a moment. But uh, she came back on when I was actually chatting to one of her writers. So we'll talk about that in a moment, OK? Right, OK, we've got a young lady on now. Remember is correct, Katie Conrad, which was from Chester. And she's living down south nowadays, and I forget where to know she's now. So lovely lady to Katie. I've known her for some years as well. So, And she's been on Spoken Label... I think it was last year, actually, so... But anyway, we'll put on next. This is my poem, Original Sin. It was love at first bite, red lips and curvy hips. You had me on the tip of your fingertips, promising things that never came. It never felt wrong, it felt so right. The sun would rise with the caress of your words on the apples of my cheeks. I was sickly, ancient and wise. You were youthful, gorgeous, full of verve. But temptation came with clauses, performance and cocktails, showered in applause. We would converse across day and night. And baby, it felt so right. 
The invisible cord of your guitar twanged the strings of my heart. But I was off key and lovesick, wailing like a banshee in the dead of night. The lost loves, dreaming of Eden, imagining a future of plenty, making bottles for babes in arms. I could write our story, plan the plots. You said I was so hot. But my heart was cold, stone cold, encased in ice. And you were just so nice. You never gave up on me, but I was fiery, unpredictable. We were both a bit wild, not safe to be let off the lead. Baby steps needed to harness our outpouring of feelings, legitimate and pure. It felt so right. The forest enchanted. I wandered slowly, following the sharp shards of sunlight streamed through the bare branches. Winter had stripped them bare. They stood upturned like spokes of an umbrella. Too little coffee, too little sleep, both wired, snappy like a rabid dog. But cats like you are hard to find. A diamond in the rough. We walked away. But like magnets, we sprang back together. Ecstatic, grateful that we'd found each other. Your face, the kind that Renaissance painters dappled brush strokes on your cheekbones. The sapphire in your eyes began to heal the ice around the cage I'd built to house my heart. Your kicks scuffed, casual and sweet. I was so petite, we. If lust is a sin, we'd both be confessing. My life was conflicted and depressing. The wind in the waves whipped about my cheeks, stinging them with a cold bite of Eve's apple. Flowers bloomed and I wondered, maybe, just maybe, are we both going to be saved? But I knew in my soul, only I could save myself. But you lit up my paths, every road I turned lit up by your spotlights. And I'm glad, so glad, I took that very first bite. Okay, Amanda, what do you think to Original Sin by the wonderful Katie Conrad? Yeah, this was an interesting one. It made me think about like on-off relationships and like being with the wrong person, but like everything feels like right at the time, but it's also wrong at the same time. Yeah, there was something in this one, certainly. I didn't, I didn't actually ask Katie about this piece when I recorded it recently because I think she wanted to leave it a bit more ambiguous. And I think it was the right move doing that because it made me wonder certainly because I know I know about some at least one two ex relationships and. I was wondering about that with that piece, certainly. But yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting piece, this one, straight away. And I felt it's one of Katie's best pieces, actually, I've heard her do, actually. So I do like her work a lot as well. Right, okay, then. We're back across the seas again now, Amanda, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, and this is, um, I think it's a really interesting young lady, this one, next. Um, this is a young lady called Jessica Kim. And Jessica's on Animal Hearts Press. And this her session is due out in the next couple of weeks. And what I did here was, because Jessica's only, she's very, very young. She's probably the youngest person I've had on Spoken Label, actually. She's just turned 18. But I've got a tremendous book out at the moment called Lay Eyesight. And it's I'm not going to try and spell it, it's done it a different way. Publish our Animal Heart Press. And Elizabeth came in and sat on this podcast as well, she because she had a few questions to ask in addition as well. So, should we just play the piece, Amanda? Yeah. Okay, the piece in question is Gazel the K. I am Jessica Kim, and I will be reading my poem called Gazel for K. Last summer, Harmony moved to California, bone dried and thinned like seaweed on the kitchen counter. She asks why I have not thinned. 
fattened instead like a whale ready for slaughter, and blames the grease on miguk food. I want to tell her I am not American. Hunger thinned into the back of my tongue and unreceptive to the stench of modernity. The only word I remember in Korean is shijang, hunger, oceans thinned by extinction, a harbor split by upturned boats, famine kneeling in front of our bruised mouths. Harmony says shijang also means market, thinned aisles of canned tuna and fake kimchi, the commodities of my past I want forgotten. What remains of my weekly allowance I squander on thinned cityscape portraits and white pearl necklaces. Maybe this is why Harmony mistakes me for an American girl, future Hollywood star. Foolish, thinned with dreams about origin stories. Yesterday, it was about a father aspiring to be a mayor, also Shijang. Today, it is an elegy for my father, thinned white hairs as trench lines in warfare. Harmony reminds me of the Korean wars I have not seen, dynasties wrecked by bullets, history thinned inside the barrel of a rifle. The summer before my father's death, Harmony swapped his body with an aircraft, propelled it towards the Pacific thinned waves, escaping west. Midway, shipwrecks invaded his body, so I learned to spill his ashes on Californian seabeds before I had known the thinned calluses on his hands. This summer, Harmony moves back, says loss is too foreign. Alone, I unlearn Chongzheng, war, the memories thinning. Yeah, now let's start some form, man. This one's quite an interesting piece. I know you just told me off mic before, didn't you? You found this quite an unusual piece, probably because uh, the experiences young ladies had are completely different to what both you and me have gone through, really, haven't they? Yeah, I like the fact that it shares like a different culture that people might not be familiar with. Yeah, it was because um, the culture we're talking about here is she's um, a Korean American high school student currently living in Los Angeles, America, America, and her book's just come out by a man with hand on heart press, and she's only just. I'm sure she told me to understand 18 and she'd only just started writing right at the start of lockdown just over two years ago. And, it's like, and that came out, what I can understand, that came out of almost nowhere. And you think, really, that is some going in it to write work that technical, technical yeah. already. And it's like, it's massive my respect for that. And I think you, this is a book, this piece is really about culture and her lifestyle. And it's, there's a lot of depth in it. And it's a really, really interesting piece. And I really, really enjoyed this. Definitely so. Right, Amanda. Anyway, we'll move on, okay? Because I could, I don't want to go into tons of detail. But I don't want people to just read, hear the piece and get the book again. So, who's next? I'm next. Yeah. <laughs> who, who are you then? I'm Amanda Nicholson, and I'm next. <laughs> yeah. Now, what we're going to do here, guys and girls, obviously, like is we're going to Amanda's already pre-recorded the piece because you're not being lazy like me. We just didn't get around to doing it until later on. Which is typical me, really, sometimes. But yeah, this one's 
I'll tell you, Amanda, you tell everybody what this piece is called since you, you wrote it. Down yeah, it. so it was inspired by your couple's poems. If anybody knows, Andy's done some couple's poems in the same style that start off, Do You Remember Sarah? And I just did it as Kiefer and sort of adapted it based on his films. Ten minutes with Kiefer. Do you remember, Kiefer, when I went to your gig and you sang every line of that love song while never taking your eyes off me? Do you remember when I found you backstage, like you were a lost boy, and I said you could stand by me? But as soon as we got started, neither of us were standing. We were doing it the cowboy way, with you watching yourself in the mirrors. You yelled at me, we're running out of time, then left me alone. You only had 23 hours and 50 minutes left to save the country from tourists. I had to tell Andy there was a big queue for the toilets but he never knew. Do you remember the following morning? We bumped into you in Weatherspoons, and I had to act like last night didn't happen. Then later, I tried to call you from the phone booth, but you never answered. You left me forsaken. Yeah, I love this piece, Amanda. Um, it's all, there is a really good live version of you knocking around in this one, isn't there? Um, that, the, on a night club, that's what she said. Now... This is probably best of somebody telling people about that night, Amanda, really, isn't it? What that night did in that piece. Yeah, I got a really good reaction from it. I was reading it out and everyone was just like, sat there like laughing their heads off. Not literally. <laughs> it was, it showed really, because like I said before, it's like, in this one, he, he's, how many, how many Kiefer, Kiefer films did you get into this film? There's about oh, 10 no, months. counted. Yeah, there was quite, quite a, was quite a few that was straight away. So on. some people probably won't know, and they'll just think, "Oh, it's just a dirty poem." And it's like, "It's a dirty poem, but it's also a film as well." <laughs> yeah, there was a line in it. Then we go back. We did it the cowboy way, <laughs> and it's actually yeah, a film called. It's actually cowboy. a film. Yeah, and it's that yeah. fitting perfectly as well. So yeah, and then yeah, there's another one at the end of it called Forsaken, wasn't it? You let me yeah. mention you left me very short, but I left a phone box and a Forsaken at the end of it. And that Forsaken yeah. is not a piece of his a film of his I know either, don't you know? That's why, but no, it's no, it's it's a really clever piece that one Amanda's on. I do like it. I said, of course, Amanda does say it is fiction. Yeah, it's completely fiction. I never had an affair with Kiefer Sutherland, so don't sue me. But if you're listening, hi Kiefer. <laughs> come, come on, spoken live, but we'd love to feature you, right? <laughs> Oh, well, that would be brilliant. I'd have to come on as well and ask him some questions. Yeah, but the questions you'd ask him, man, will get us taken off air, right? So that's all I'm going to say there. Right, OK, we'd better move on anyway, I don't OK? Now, um, in the first half of Spoke, this Spoke Label special, Top of the Label, we featured Nick Lovell, didn't we? Co-host yeah. of O Beehive. Now, who have we got on now, Amanda? We've got Clive Osman. Yeah, and what? who's Clive? Is partner in crime, but not like that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's true. Now, Clive is a genius. Oh, he's one of the funniest poets I know I've ever seen. And you agree with me? We've not actually met him, have we? But we've seen him live on Zoom yeah. loads of times. Really hope he comes up to Manchester someday. So I'd love to see him. And this piece he's going to do for us now is one that he, him and Nick came on at the same time to record me a couple of weeks ago. And this is really clever. Listen to this, I would listen to this one twice if you can when F&P change places. Okay, so um, this uh, poem, uh, I had a lot of problems when I was writing this. Um, I, I don't really know how it happened and I sort of saddled with, with what came out and I was, I was sort of stuck with it now, but um, 
I mean, I, I don't know how it's happened because I live on my own. Um, very rarely have visitors because I'm a billing mate and everybody hates me. And um, and obviously when I go out, I lock the place up and everything. But somehow, somebody had got to my keyboard and swapped the letters round so that the F was where the P should be and the P was where the F should be. Now, I'm not a great typist. I certainly don't touch type. I'd literally look at the keyboards and so I didn't notice because I don't know the order of the letters you know what I mean so I, I wrote I wrote the poem and then I was on the way to a gig and I, I sort of read it on the on the train I'm thinking oh shit what do I do now so I just had to stick with it uh, so it's called when f and p change places and this poem if that's what it is is about nothing in particular just various bits and feces I don't like to start with politics, appeal, pull of fistfots and fanatics who couldn't organise a fiss-off in a brewery, and in the case of UK immigration policy, responsible for plenty of fatalities. Though I'm sure they will be reported favourably by Pox News and its British equivalent GB News with Nigel Parridge and his friends. So let's be more pliffant and talk about sports fearful like Feet Samfras, famous fearful from the fast, like Nefolian Bonaparte, or even contemporary fearful, like the unfortunately not yet dearly defarted Fears Morgan, or Katie Hofkins, who always seems like she's paused a fine apple off her bum. No? Okay, let's talk music. You may have an eclectic taste ranging from the Poopiters through offerers like the Magic Plute, or Old British hits like XTC's Making Flans Poor Nigel. I'd foison them. Wartime classics like Fack Off Your Troubles. Beatles classics like I Peel Pine. Pestive songs like A Fartridge in a Fear Tree. Or even some frog rock. I wish I was musical. I'd go on tour entertaining the pee-faying public in places like Pinland, Portugal, France and probably New Poundland. But enough of that. Let's talk pood. I'm not sure what to eat today. Roast fork and apple sauce or pish and chips. And if pish and chips, do I have fickled onions or mushy fees? Or do I have a fucker steak and kidney pie? I'm not saying I eat too much pood that's unhealthy and patterning, but my clothes are size trifle XL. Feet of five for fig to feck up fickled for what? Flagerism! Puck up! Or I'll funch your lights out. Oh, appended are we? I fray you don't call the felice, the coffers, the pilf, the figs. Pop the felice! Oh, come on, I was joking. I wouldn't really funch you. I don't approve of pisticups or violence of any kind. I'm a fassy pist. And my house has fatio doors. It's a big house. It's rather fallacial, with a games room for fall and fing-fong. Okay, I'm taking the fiss. I live in a folky little plat or apartment if you prepare among the pheasants. And I'm probably stuck here until the grim reefer comes calling. Whatever a reefer is, I wouldn't know. Now, isn't it clever, this piece, Amanda, isn't it? It's like the way he just swaps all the F's and P's round, doesn't it? Yeah, when I was listening to this, I was thinking that must be a complete nightmare. It's like, I imagine you 
Minnie might, might not have done it this way, but I, I imagine just writing the poem and then going back and changing them afterwards. And for me, that I'd, I'd miss something. So to get it completely right. Yeah, it's off. Oh, I've got the feeling with him sometimes, it's like, I think it's the way he's, he, he write. he works in a quite unusual way sometimes. You tell his work sometimes. And that one, you're right, it must have took some thought, that challenge. But it's, I think it's how you train your brain sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, I and I think as well when you're reading it out, it'd be really difficult because your mind naturally sort of flows towards what the word's supposed to be. So you'd have to really practice it to say the word in the way that you've written it down rather than the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It would have confused the heck out of me trying to read that one else for sure. So, but it was a tremendously funny piece as well. Did you, did you find it a funny one that man, when you heard that? Yeah. Oh, I was sat there with Nick and it cracked me and Nick up on the Zoom call we did at the time. And I just I thought, I don't believe what I'm hearing here. Yeah. What There's a line in there about making plans for Nigel. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, God. It made me, it made really crack me up that one. I thought, genius stuff. So, okay, we've only got two left now, Amanda, haven't we? Yeah. Both of which are dear friends of Spoken Label in on in and in person of us as well. So who's the next one we've got on? We've got Jenny Bowie. And yeah. that one is called Winging It. They're not always seen, but trust me, they're here. Clinging to the corners of a closet in their cell. They wake up winging it, being the wingman of a cell mate. A bit of banter about Tinder dates because their sentence is being served straight. Not bent by or out of a God forbidden intellectual transsexual coming out. Prison society, scared of variety. You go to work and smile, get some cash in. Avoid a gay bashing by keeping it quiet. You walk the walk on the wing. You talk the talk on that wing. Sing the song they sing and don't you dare say a thing. There's no choice to be queer. You've no voice, just fear. Acceptance just ain't worth the battle. You think it's bad on the out. Try doing bird, you say now, you're not heard. Or at least once it was like this, until we had a breakthrough, making everyone see through the rainbow gleaming over HMP. Regimental resistance, a voice, a platform of powerful persistence for a personal choice to one's sexuality. To identify as whatever you wish. Acceptance now is served with every dish. It's okay to be open. We've reached out. Fetched help back in. Sourced people when opportunities were slim. The minority have beautifully mingled into the majority. Flipping proud to be in with the out crowd of humanity. No one should be fearful of being authentic. We fancy you, we fancy, mate. And 30 prisons fancied rolling out this domino effect. Absolutely nothing suspect about it, just pure acceptance. 
Our wings have grown with precision, operating together with no division, no more hidden fears, just 10 years of blood, sweat and tears to now, today. It's no Disney story, but let's bask in the glory and keep on singing that we know we're no longer winging it. We're winning it, mate. We first met Jenny Amanda a couple of years ago, was it? It was pre-lockdown anyway, that's for sure of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I'd heard the name. I'd heard Jenny's name come up several times people. She was on Salford City FM, wasn't she? And you'd got your yeah. you, you'd go down to an interview with her, hadn't you? So, and that's why I don't, yeah. don't think we met her before then, had we? Am I imagining things? I think you'd been in touch because she was going to go on Spoken Label and I contacted her about being interviewed, but neither of us knew that we'd contacted her, so... Yeah, but then that, you're this like one. surprised when she turns around and says, "Oh yeah, I know you have half," and we're like, "Oh okay." <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, because this was before people wondered. I was like, um, "This was before lockdown and before you moved in." My mum did this one, and it was just a, what it was a happy coincidence that one really, wasn't it? And we, yeah. I took I took you down to Salford City FM where she was at the time, and oh, you had a great time there. That was really good, like really good day on that one. So, and we've seen her a few times since. She's absolutely lovely lady. We both love her to bits. We do so. This one and. It's not from her book, The Great Escape, actually, I believe. This, she did this one as a commission recently for some prison work she does. And I found, I found this a tremendous piece. What did you think of this one, Amanda? Yeah, it's, it's clearly based on her experience of working in prisons and like the people that she's come across. Yeah, and it was really, it really had a real, it really, really hit me hard in the heart of this one, actually. It was really quite a sad piece, I felt, actually. Yeah. And that's why and it was. Really, really, really powerful stuff. And she, I know she didn't have a voice, didn't it? It's a commission. And it's, I, I, she told me what it was and I've forgotten. Sorry, Jenny. But it was a tremendous piece. Really, really wonderful stuff. So quite honoured to have that on now with this. So. Now, obviously, after doing a serious piece like that, a serious, beautiful piece, it kind of makes sense we just go away the land of the fairy sound for the last piece, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Now, I'll let Amanda tell everybody who this last piece is by. Okay, so this next person is responsible for me almost getting myself in trouble. I have to stop myself from, like, shouting out and swearing at delivery room cyclists now. Yeah, um, I will. It's Steve Mingle, and he's called Delivery Room Bastard. Hi, this is called Delivery Room Bastard. When the streets were deserted, they had the run of the town, but now they're crowded again, they just mow people down. They all claim to provide an invaluable service, but just the sight of their bikes doesn't half make you nervous. This army of reckless, irresponsible jerks speed through gaps in the traffic just like Eddie Merckx. Now we're all in the grip of a new reign of terror, where just crossing the road could be a terminal error. Even the great Bradley Wiggins never went any faster than the average Mancunian delivery bastard. If you dare take a trip to the northern quarter, you'll set yourself up as a lamb to the slaughter as he ploughs through the hordes of alfresco drinkers with the peripheral vision of a horse wearing blinkers. With his insulated box full of local cuisine, he's a one-man pedestrian intimidation machine. What's all the rush, mate? You hear passers-by say. They'll have to stick the whole lot in the oven anyway. But Indian or Chinese, burgers or pasta, it all travels at speed with delivery bastard. No need to wear helmets, they're indestructible, and the bicycle repair costs are tax deductible. With these guys, you need eyes in the back of your head. To them, a no-entry sign means go straight ahead. They shoot through the lights like they're red-green colour blind. 
Can't imagine you'll see them on Mastermind. Berate them, abuse them, you're wasting your breath. Take one step up the curve and you're dicing with death. Just a stroll to your local will end in disaster if you get in the way of delivery bastard. Now, where's that bastard got to with me pizza? Where do we see Steve do this first? Was it a Word Central or was it a speakeasy? I feel like it was Word Central. Yeah, I do as well. I remember shocking you at the time that one as well, whenever we saw it. It just... He's a um, wonderful man. He's, um, he's a Manchester-based writer. He's, 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 he writes football novels, and I'd forgotten he does this too. He reminded me recently, so... And he's also a performance poet. And he said he's told me that he occasionally combines the two to produce poems about football. Of course, this isn't one of them. And this goes on about his experience with delivery drivers. Yes. So if I think it, work, it works because of how the, how the way it ends, where he's like, where's my pizza? So it's like showing, you know, I still order like, pizzas from delivery, but I'm criticising these delivery cyclists. Oh, yeah. So like, that way it's like you was asking him, weren't you, if it would ever been like a delivery cyclist in the audience? But I, I think if there was, I think they'd probably find it funny. Always, oh, most definitely was funny. It really, really, really was a funny piece, this one. And that's why I think tonight, today, when we were trying to do this, Amanda, Steve's piece had to finish off because you couldn't hope to hope to, hope to carry this piece on, could you, really? So, like, it was yeah. just one of those ones that anybody else stop it is an impossibility. So, but that's it, guys, for today. That's the end of episode one, or episode one and one and a half, maybe. I don't know. Off top of the label. The plan at the moment is to do more of these. Second one, well, who knows what that'll be? It'll be out maybe at the end of the year, maybe begin next year. So I don't think I want I don't think it will be 20, 20 artists next time, maybe 12 or something, but we will see. I want to thank Amanda today anyway for coming on as my special guest co-host. Because I couldn't this... I was forced and tied to a chair and told I wouldn't be untied until it was over. Everyone's wondering, <laughs> I would never do that to her. Now we both also want to give a big special shout out to the wonderful Mike Booth as well, don't we? Because it was Mike that definitely said suggested the title this for me as well. Top of the label. Yeah, I, know, I feel I know like it you was. should have someone. I feel like you should have someone saying the title in an Irish accent though. Maybe next time. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Right. So <laughs> all I'm going to say to that, I might word it quickly. I'm going to get a drunk or something and get to say it for me. <laughs> <laughs> or Keelan, maybe I don't know. Okay, so listen, guys, been a pleasure today. So as Don Callis at Impact Wrestling always says, stay safe and stay over. Spoken Label will be back to normal next week. And also, Reading in Bed is on the way as well, isn't it? Yeah. I, guess, I think that's going to be next week as well. And Storytime with Andy and Amanda, we're going to get that recorded next couple of weeks as well. So things are as busy as always. All right, guys. Amanda? And as Amanda always says, bye, everyone. See you next time. <laughs> Take care, guys. Spoken Label.